Very often in the process of researching this show, I am surprised to learn how long certain products have been around. We may think of a product as being just part of the portfolio of some large multinational corporation, but often they have long and interesting backstories. This is especially true in the beverage industry, where small independent companies are bought up by one of the two behemoths, Coke or Pepsi, and just like that they are absorbed into corporate America, given $30 million marketing campaigns to advertise just how independent and free-spirited they are. I have seen this time and time again, and so it was with this mindset that I approached today's episode. I was looking forward to writing about the struggling beverage salesman who was raised in the Great Depression brought himself up from nothing and created one of the most successful juice companies that ever existed. A company so impactful that it helped define an entire decade in human history. A company that this self-made man was able to sell for a fortune to one of those behemoth corporations. What I learned instead is a lesson that we have all learned way too many times in life. Assume nothing and you will never be disappointed. I'm Chef Ben, this is Food in Five, and this is the brief history of Fruitopia. I entered into this episode slightly disillusioned and disappointed. First of all, there is no kindly old man who pulled himself up out of poverty to create a delicious juice drink. Secondly, Fruitopia is so unpopular these days that many people listening to this may not even know what it is. So let's clear that up first. What is Fruitopia? Well, Fruitopia is a brand of juice that was introduced by Coke in 1993. It came in ornate glass bottles and had intriguing names for its flavors like Strawberry Passion Awareness, The Grape Beyond, Tangerine Wavelength, and my personal favorite, Fruit Integration. It was created by a Coca-Cola marketing executive named Sergio Zyman as Coke's answer to Snapple, which was another popular juice brand of the 90s. Disappointingly, that is pretty much the whole backstory. The interesting names, the ornate bottles, the flavors, they didn't come out of years of trial and error. They were all developed by Coke's marketing department as a way to tap into the youth culture of the 90s. In that, they did a great job. The very fact that I assumed it was an established indie brand that was bought by Coke goes just to show how successful their marketing was. Fruitopia really had its heyday from 94-95 to 98-99. By that point, sales were lagging. But rather than double down on their investment and push Fruitopia back from the brink, they just kind of let it go. And I'm guessing this had a lot to do with the fact that Snapple, their biggest competitor in the juice space, also saw their sales decline at this point. This was due more to a change in culture than anything else. People were drinking more water and were beginning to realize that juice wasn't a healthy alternative to pop. It had just as much sugar and calories. Today, Fruitopia is mostly sold in Canada and Australia, though it is available regionally in some areas of the states. Here in Canada, it is mostly sold from the fountain at McDonald's in 4-liter jugs at the grocery store or as frozen concentrate that you add water to. It's been that way since about 2003. Now, I have to admit, I didn't know any of this going into this episode. I assumed it was just as popular as always. Clearly, I'm not as connected to the juice industry as I had once thought. I guess the biggest lesson today is that just because something seems like it has independent roots doesn't mean that you can always count on that. 
In fact, it's often the reverse. I'm Chef Ben, this is Food in 5, and this has been the very brief history of Fruitopia. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Chef Ben Kelly, and on Facebook at Ben Kelly Cooks. Uh, you can like and subscribe to the podcast, obviously. You can rate it. You could leave a comment on it. That would be amazing. Uh, and you could tell your friends about it. And I just want to give a special shout-out to Eli, listening from New York. Hello, Eli. Thank you for your comments yesterday. Uh, I hope that this is better. Uh, he was saying that the vo- uh, the volume levels were a little low. Um, anyway, that's it. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. I'll be back tomorrow with another fantastic episode of Food and 5. And tomorrow we're going to talk a little bit about Easter because, and I just want to say this now, um, there will be no podcast episode on Friday or Monday uh, because of the long weekend. I'm actually going to take some time and spend it with my family. So uh, I'll talk about Easter tomorrow, and we'll do one more food history, and that'll be it for the week. Anyway, so have a great Tuesday. I'll talk to you tomorrow.